Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron. This week, we're flying solo, and it's it's me, myself, and I. If you do want an interview, I did catch up with um, Maddie Pruitt, everyone's, everyone's favorite. She has a new line out with Cupshe. I don't know if you heard of Cupshe. I think Lauren Leindyke and JoJo have also worked with Cupshe. Um, it's like a bridal line. There's stuff for your honeymoon, stuff for your engagement parties, stuff for your, you know, rehearsal dinner, bridesmaids, all that jazz. Um, and I asked a few questions about her wedding and stuff. I was not allowed to ask bachelor questions. So unfortunately I couldn't ask Maddie when the last time she heard from Barb was, or if you know, she still has nightmares about Barbara Weber, but, um, I did, I did catch up with her and that is on usmagazine.com and usweekly's YouTube channel. Anyway, let's talk about Mike Fleiss. So it's interesting because, Something Lauren Zima said and Chris Harrison said was, you know, you don't always know about like the creator of a television show. And I think that's especially usually true with reality TV, right? Like you might not know who created your favorite reality show, but if there's a host or, you know, Andy Cohen gets credit for all kind of housewives or even Vanderpump Rules, Summer House and Vanderpump and Summer House, he's not even a producer on. He was used to be a producer of Vanderpump. He's not anymore. He is a producer on Housewives. He has the reunions, but he doesn't make every decision, but he's like the figurehead. And for a lot of shows and in reality shows, there is a host that gets that figurehead job. In scripted TV, if you're like into the behind the scenes stuff, you you know, obviously know who like Shonda Rhimes is. You, you know, might be know who Mike White is because you're watching White Lotus and they do a lot of press. Um, and the more popular a scripted show is, the more kind of like the writer's room and the creator and stuff gets credit. Now, reality TV... A lot of times they try to pretend there isn't even a showrunner. There isn't a director. There aren't producers in the room. It's supposed to be like a camera and just watching these people. We know that that's not true. There's lighting. There's producers. There is a showrunner. There's a board of what the season's going to look like. There's something to be said for what we all watched on Unreal if you watch that show. About all reality shows, there has to be a narrative to follow, whether you're watching a group of friends in the Hamptons on Summer House, people fall in love on The Bachelor, people trying to survive the wilderness. There has to be a storyline and an arc for fans to follow. All this to say, I agree with Chris Harrison and Lauren Zima to say Mike Fleiss is a little bit of an anomaly in this because most of the time on reality shows, you don't know the creator. You don't know a lot about the producers. Mike Fleiss has kind of done, you could say a good job if any of this is 
good, um, but also maybe not a great thing to kind of get yourself in the narrative. But if he wanted to be famous and get the credit, I think it's a rare example of a reality TV creator getting the credit. So Mike Fleiss is kind of obviously synonymous with Bachelor franchise. He invented it. It, it, He created the show. This was his brain, his idea. And in recent years, he's been very vocal on Twitter, teasing these historic announcements, kind of trolling his own fan base and show. And I remember when I first started at Us Weekly almost six years ago, when Mike Fleiss tweeted, we took it seriously. We had to like dig into what he was saying and try to find out if there was really some historic announcement coming. And every once in a while there was, most of the time there wasn't. Um, He also had that very public feud, fallout, controversy with Caitlin Bristow, which will kind of come up later. I'll get, as I get into everything that happened, he was involved in a bad loss, um, not lawsuit, but yeah, um, legal filing back in 2019. He was accused of attacking his then pregnant wife. He denied that. And I'm pretty sure they made amends. I'm not sure if they're still together now, actually. Um, but there definitely was some like a pot, like, you know, people taking back some claims that were made, but it was some, some dark, um, no, they did end up breaking up, but, um, he denied the claims, his pregnant wife, um, he was accused of attacking at their at their home. And it was some dark stuff. Um, physically assaulted her, demanded she get an abortion. There was a police investigation. Two weeks later, she dropped the assault charges and received a $10 million settlement. Okay, so I think we can maybe figure out what happened. Not some great things over the years have come out about Mike Fleiss. Now, he has still been associated with the franchise. Like he said, he's always tweeting. There was also this thing a couple years ago. I don't know if you remember this. I just think it's interesting to kind of transition to what Chris Harrison said also with Kelly Ripa, Kelly Ripa on live with Kelly and Regis, Kelly and Ryan, now Kelly and Mark Consuelos coming soon, always interviews The Bachelor, usually at the start of the season and at the end with their pick because it's on ABC. It's that's why they're going to go to Morning America. Kelly and Ryan makes total sense. And I think it was during the Hannah Brown season. She called the show disgusting and kind of like shit on it and Mike Fleiss tweeted um like take it easy the bachelor pays your salary and then Chris Harrison responded look out bachelor nation Kelly Ripa is coming for you in your disgusting Monday night habit and Ellen Pompeo obviously of Grey's Anatomy fame also on ABC tweeted okay Fleiss here's some handle bro your show does not pay Kelly Ripa's salary. Also, we don't tax, attack successful women on our network, and men certainly cannot take credit for their success. Don't get me started on your show because I'm a savage. So just all of this to prevent, to provide some you know, context into who Mike Fleiss is, some of his history with the network, history with his own former spouse, not always great stuff, kind of a headache for probably ABC and Warner Brothers and the production company, but he's always been associated with the show. So that was why it was kind of surprising last week when... This statement came out that he was parting ways with the show. I mean, he's always going to get money as the creator of the show, even when you're not the showrunner anymore. You're not associated with it. You'll always see, you know, on a scripted show, maybe based on characters by or still created by. It's just whether they're still getting their producing credit, making more money in some sense. But as the creator of the show, I would imagine he's still very much making money, but he's no longer going to be involved in decisions on the show. And in this initial report, it kind of tried to imply and say through sources that Mike Fleiss hasn't really made creative decisions on the show in the last decade. 
And there's a lot of things that kind of say otherwise, which we'll get into. But the initial statement was, first and foremost, congratulations are in order for Zach and Katie. I wish them a long and happy, happy life together. I want to thank WBTV and ABC, Warner Brothers, sorry, Warner Brothers Television and ABC for 21 extraordinary years. They found the perfect creative team for me to entrust the Bachelor franchise and keep this lightning in a bottle bold and moving forward. Let the journey continue. So that's what came out. Chris Harrison records this podcast with Lauren Zima, seemingly on the heels of the announcement. I know they record every week, but like the episode was called like dropping like flice. And then they take all these calls knowing people are going to ask. And he calls it surprising um, to him. He notes that it was done carefully to be after Zach and Katie's finale, according to him. And they have said both Chris and Lauren from Lauren's experience as a journalist and obviously Chris's experience as the host of the show and Mike Fleiss as the man who hired him, someone who knows him well, that he makes major casting decisions. He's very much, Mike Fleiss is very much involved in who The Bachelor is. Lauren pointed out he's very active on Twitter. So clearly this not being involved in the last 10 years doesn't really make sense. She says she knows journalists who have been in the control room with Mike Fleiss in recent seasons. Um, they invite journalists on set visits. Somehow I haven't gotten one yet. I'm, I'm here at ABC. I'm sure I'm going to get the call now. And Chris says, it's not a surprise of some of the things he's heard about Mike Fleiss, but it's a surprise that this is happening now. And he also was surprised by some of the people that they named to be taking over. They named three people who will now be show running and executive producing top producers on Bachelor franchise. And two of them didn't surprise Chris because they've been around for a while. They're two men. There's a woman in there who was working on Bachelor Canada, which I don't know if it's even really the same production company. There must be some overlap, obviously, but who they brought in from Bachelor Canada. And that plays an interesting part because I have read something that there are maybe some people behind the scenes who have felt like they've been on the show for a long time and haven't been promoted appropriately or given you know the opportunity to grow and are particularly maybe upset by this and might be doing some of their own lawsuit in the work. So this might not kind of be done, all the legal stuff with The Bachelor. So Chris Harrison was surprised by this Bachelor Canada producer coming in, not surprised by some of the other names, but overall thought it was an interesting choice. Um, this man, Bennett, he named several times and he was like, he's been around forever, but the other one, not quite as experienced. And this woman from Bachelor Canada, he was surprised by, named both of them, named didn't say their names, but said there were plenty of other women who work on the U.S. Bachelor franchise for years who would have been qualified for this job. So that's just one note. Then Chris Harrison sort of is asked again by a listener whether he would be the host again, which I guess is a question. I've listened to this podcast a handful of times and it's been asked half of them. So I guess he feels this question once a month. And he's always kind of said this never say never kind of thing. It was a great run. And this time he hinted that Mike Fleiss was part of the problem, which I only bring up those tweets that he said. I know he was defending The Bachelor, I guess, when he called when, you know, Kelly, Kelly Ripa or, and Ellen Pompeo or Kelly Ripa first called it disgusting. But he did, you know, Fleiss was the first one to defend it and Chris Harrison backed him up. So just whatever. They probably had some sort of positive relationship. Um, but he did was asked if he would go back again. And this time, Chris Harrison said on his first episode about Mike Fleiss, quote, I can say one of the biggest things one of the biggest hurdles that would have prevented him from coming back has has been there's been re resolution. He didn't explicitly say now that Mike Fleiss is gone, I'm you know ready to go back. But obviously, by making that comment for the first time, more specifically, one hurdle is gone. It's obviously implied that he's talking about Mike Fleiss. Now, I've said from the beginning, I don't think it's there's any truth to Chris Harrison being asked back by anyone in any official capacity. I just don't think it makes sense. Whether you think he should have been fired or not, I don't think the show is going to go 
in that direction and like go backwards, whether you think he deserved it or not. It just feels like a weird step. Um, and I personally think maybe it's a little bit to do with ratings decline, but I think a lot of other things are a bigger deal about it. I don't know. Um, I'm sure he obviously, Chris Harrison hears from people every week who say they don't watch anymore because of him. And there's obviously some truth to that, but I also think it's just, it doesn't make any sense in my opinion. I've been wrong a thousand times, but I just don't think that there's any truth to that. So the next day, Chris Harrison records another episode and he has this guy, Matt Bologna, who is, um, uh, Bellany, not Bologna, sorry, Bellany, who's a lawyer who, um, works for Puck News, which breaks a lot of legal stuff. And it's like a big investigative journalism, um, website. You have to pay for it. It's like a subscription. He also has a podcast and he's worked for the Hollywood Reporter for a long time as well. And he kind of joined Chris Harrison to break down the allegations that came out days after the initial seemingly, you know, what's the word, I guess, like mutual statement that Mike Fleiss and ABC initially put out. And those statements include, or these new allegations include that Mike Fleiss went out of his way not to make The Bachelor diverse, that he had a lot of enemies. And it was pointed out that the Warner Brothers attorney and investigator is the one who did this investigation. So clear, I don't know what the straw that broke the camel's back was, enough people coming forward, but there was an internal Warner Brothers investigation into Mike Fleiss, and that's how all of this came to be. Variety had a lengthy report about this investigation, and their sources said producers complained about Fleiss's bullying behavior as well as his resistance in increasing diversity on the show over two decades. Individuals who spoke during the investigation expressed that when production staffers suggested casting more diverse reality stars, Fleiss would not take their suggestions and would lash out against them. The individuals who spoke anonymously with Variety said that throughout the investigation, a common theme that repeatedly came up was that a fight for change was a source of frustration for many staff members. Quote, people said he would retaliate against members for having minorities and black people on the show. He favored certain people over other people, one individual familiar with the investigation said. Mike Fle- he would say minorities don't get ratings. So that is allegedly something Mike Fleiss has said. It's not a surprise or a secret, not sorry, not a surprise, not a secret to anyone who's looked at the Bachelor casting in their initial, you know, however many years, 18 years of the show, um, that it's predominantly white people who have been cast on the show, been in leads of the show, and then slowly there has been change. Sounds like, according to this investigation, a lot of resistance change, change with Mike Fleiss trying to, you know, discourage having people of color on the show because, according to him, minorities don't get ratings. Obviously, the show kind of had its back against the wall when Black Lives Matter happened and decided to go with Matt James and then was criticized for how they handled that. There hasn't been a Black Bachelor since. There has been more Black Bachelorettes, but overall still just like, you know, obviously a lack. It's not like it's not even a criticism. It's just a fact. If you look at the numbers of the show, if you turn on your television, The Bachelor has struggled with diverse casting. And I think there's a couple reasons why, but I think Mike Fleiss is clearly maybe allegedly one of the main reasons. Mike Fleiss's response to Variety was, I had no idea back in 2002 that we were building a pop culture juggernaut. It was a crazy idea then and sure as hell continues to roll. Just look at every network and streamer that has ripped us off. Since its premiere 21 years ago, times have certainly changed, and I have to say, we didn't keep up with the pace of the changes. I am proud of the work we have done over the past five years to make the show substantially more diverse, but I do believe I could have done more. Hopefully, the franchise will continue to move in the right direction. 
Judging by the number of staff weddings we've hosted at our home and the number of teary messages that blew up my phone when I announced that I had turned in my final rose, I'm pretty sure I had more good days than bad, lifted more spirits than hurt feelings, and leave the franchise in good hands with more friends than foe. So clearly, he's clapping back and not happy with these reports. The other interview that I thought had um, a couple things that were interesting from Zach and Katie was Off the Vine, Caitlin Bristow, of course. They threw some shade at Nick Vile. So in case you didn't know, obviously Nick Vile recaps The Bachelor on his show Vile Files. You might listen to it if you listen to this show. He also sometimes goes... Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. I was on Twitter and says some stuff about The Bachelor. And he tweeted during Zach's season, this was in February, that's two weeks in a row. Zach has was a total dick to one of the women. It's literally all about the one-on-one. Zach knows that. He made Jess feel like she was messed up for expressing a valid concern. Zach is acting like a guy who gets mad at his girlfriend for not letting him know she wanted validation on her birthday. The next week, he wrote, every time Zach hears any women express an insecurity, instead of showing an ounce of empathy, his face just drowns in disappointment. He's well-intentioned, just his lack of experience, and probably has extremely emotionally comfortable life to date. So he's saying he's been so comfortable emotionally. He doesn't like know what it's like to be questioned, I guess. He also tweeted, Zach is now fully in I'm the bachelor and it's your job to prove me worthy mode. I kind of agreed with that. I remember when Nick tweeted this at the time, I think I read it when I was recapping and I was like, there is something to be said for Zach not wanting to be questioned. I asked Zach about his face and not having a good poker face. He copped to it and, you know, Katie took it as a compliment that he never made that face to her. And that is very valid. Honestly, if I was Katie, I would feel pretty secure. Obviously, there's the Gabby thing, which we'll get to. But as far as the rest of it, with Gabby taken out of it, he really did seem the most into Katie. It was almost hard for them to hide it in the edit um, until the last couple weeks, at least. So I'm not saying Nick's criticism is even wrong, but it's always weird sometimes when the leads, especially if they come so hard for, I mean, I love having leads and past contestants on the show to recap it with me. And I think there's a fine line, as I've said a million times, of poking fun and maybe questioning the edit and criticizing. Like, it's fair to criticize. It's literally half the point of this show, like conversation about it. Criticize in a way that isn't, you know, remembering they're humans and remembering there's an edit. So when people who know more than anyone that there's an edit, sometimes it is interesting when they get a little harsh. But I I did agree with that when I first saw those tweets. Now, 
when this came up, this came up because Caitlin and Zach were talking and Caitlin said that she thought Zach was a boring choice and then apologized to him because she was like, I shouldn't have said that and, you know, whatever. And Zach said, thank you for reaching out at the time when you did. It means a lot. You're somebody who's very prominent in the franchise. And I think he also meant because Caitlin supported the show. And he said, there's so many negative comments. And Caitlin said, oh, my God, Nick was so hard on you. And Zach said, do I even want to go into that? And this is where, and I think this has happened before, Katie Thurston kind of implied this when she said that she had Nick's number blocked. Zach said he had reached out to me like the day before saying, hey, man, I got your back. I'll support you. He gives me his phone number. And I'm just like, I saw it. And I was like, oh, that's great. The next day I see Yahoo News or whatever. Zach slams Zach. Zach slams Zach. Oh, my God. The next day I see Yahoo News or whatever. Nick slams Zach Shawcross. He's so this and so that. I was like, was that just a pity reach out? Because it kind of hurt. I've never met him. And I was like, that's kind of an a-hole move. Maybe he didn't mean it. Maybe something was taken out of context. I don't listen to his stuff. But what I can see, it was a little harsh. Caitlin said it was harsh. I was like, that's not very nice. Because once you're in, you're like family now. Um, Katie noted it is interesting coming from a lead. Later on in the podcast, they're talking about you know, having empathy for the lead and because they talked about Rachel and Caitlin was like, do you have more empathy for Rachel? Because you were pretty hard on her. And Zach said, I have empathy for all the previous lead. There hasn't been one season where everyone has made the right decision or done everything the right way. There's literally no right way. People are very critical. Yada, yada, yada. He talks about how Rachel talks about how Clayton is someone who's reached out to him. He said he made a point. Um, He made a mistake. Talking about Clayton, he made a mistake in a very tough boiling point moment and you can't completely fault someone or make a huge character claims about a single decision. So I have the utmost respect for everyone that has been in those, put in those positions. If there's good intent, unless you're an asshole, which there has been few, I have a couple on my mind. Caitlin said, I know I have a few too. I have a couple on my mind too. So I think that was about Nick. Um, I haven't seen Nick respond to this. He usually does respond on his podcast. I think on Tuesdays when he does bachelor related episodes. So we'll find out if he does. Now, Gabby only did one interview that I saw and it was on clickbait and it was grocery store Joe flying solo and it's tough and I don't want to be mean but I felt like Gabby deserved maybe a bachelor happy hour situation with women who can relate to what she's going to and also you know Joe flying solo I don't know if it was Gabby this is a big get like Gabby's a big one there's a lot of questions to be asked and I was a little disappointed but it probably maybe was good for Gabby because you know Joe didn't go that hard in the paint. He wasn't really, like, asking too many hard-hitting questions, and he was moving on pretty quickly, not really doing follows, kind of cleaning, reading off a script. Um, but she did go say a few interesting things. She noted when talking about this whole fantasy suite situation and what happened and keeping it a secret and Zach obviously not doing that, she said... It's going to become a he said, she said thing here, and I don't want to do that. And ultimately, at the end of the day, he has a relationship he's trying to protect. I've seen some of his interviews, and if he wants to look at one things of one way, like she asked, can we keep things a secret? I feel like he asked me that. And I agreed. I was like, yes, obviously, I want to keep this between us. So she's kind of saying, and she is friends with Katie, and she understands why Zach is going to say certain things to protect Katie and their relationship. But she is saying, without getting too much of the details, and this is where if I was Joe, you would have had to kind of maybe drag it out of her. And I know you don't want to like rip her apart these friendships, but it's kind of, I've always say, almost worse to like imply something without totally going into it because then you take it and run with it. But she is saying, from my perspective of listening to this, that it was Zach's idea 
Or Zach said to her first, not his idea, Zach said to her first, this is going to stay between us. She agreed. He then doubled down and said, this is going to stay between us. And now in his interviews, he's kind of saying, I get why she wanted to stay between between us. I agreed it should, but then I changed my mind. And I still stand by what I said last week, that Zach knew he was going to pick Katie and had a freak out that he slept with Gabby and was trying to save face and make sure he was prioritizing Katie. He denied that to me, but that's how I read the situation. Um, she continued and said, ultimately, at the end of the day, what happened, happened. I thought we were in a place where it was coming from a place of love. I looked at this as more than a TV show. I felt we had connected on that throughout the season of what was going to happen and leave this bubble. I felt like we had an agreement. This is going to be between us because this is our relationship. When he came to my to speak with me the next morning, I had no idea who was coming into my hotel room. I was completely blindsided. He had doubled down on it being a secret that morning before the camera came in. So when she says on After the Final Rose that Zach came up to her behind her when she was brushing her teeth and said, this is just between us, that was the morning after confirming, validating he wasn't going to tell anyone after the night before, allegedly him saying first, we're not going to tell anyone this is what this happened, her agreeing, and then reminding her the next morning it's a secret to then only a few hours later have a change of heart, come to her room and say, you know, I, I don't want to start a relationship with secrets. And Gabby also noted, I thought maybe at the time he was giving me space to be able to speak to my support team about this, about this. He wants me to feel like it's not a secret. So initially she thought Zach was coming to her and saying, I don't want this to be a secret. We should like be honest because keeping secrets is like not good for either of us. And I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to keep you a secret or shame you. And because he also said sex was off the table. And now Gabby says people can interpret that however they want. But what I was not aware of was this conversation with Jesse, the interviews where he was using my name and speaking what I think was in detail about what happened. And it caught me off guard watching it back. So clearly Gabby knew that Katie found out to some degree based on what happened in that fantasy, uh, based on what happened in that rose ceremony exchange. But maybe she thought that they weren't going to use that or she thought Zach was going to like hint that he wasn't true to his word and having he's going to he's worried about what's going to happen with the girls. Gabby probably didn't know if he didn't sleep with anyone else, didn't know that Ariel, you know, what happened with her um, and didn't know what was going to air so explicitly. Like I slept with Gabby. I have I can't keep a secret about sleeping with Gabby. I'm going to tell Katie. I'm going to use the word sex. I'm not going to imply something happened. I'm going to be very transparent, which obviously I don't think was the right decision and didn't work out. And I felt very bad for Gabby, as I expressed last week. She noted on clickbait, I'm okay with her knowing and the people that should have known being made aware of it. But I think there could have been some discretion used when speaking about it. And I think that's what where that hurts me. So I also think, again, she's saying he was very like, in her opinion, talking in great detail, maybe could have implied I crossed a line. I said this last week, I think the days where they hinted something happened in the fantasy suite, maybe we're just better for the mental health of everyone. I know on the other side, we talk about how we should destigmatize like sex and we shouldn't be sex shaming. And on this show, everyone kind of knows what they're signing up for. And it kind of makes sense that you might have sex with someone if you're trying to engage to them. All that's also true. But then you have to think about Gabby kind of being put on blast on TV. And that's not cool either by any means. Um, She also talked, said similar things that Katie said to me. They all remain good friends. I just don't know if that's going to stay a fact, but um, we'll see. She also talked about why she didn't self-eliminate because a lot of people were like, why didn't you leave maybe more than once if she's saying she knew it was Gabby, then the whole sex thing happened. Then even that next day that she was getting weird vibes, why didn't she take herself out of the equation? And according to Gabby, 
I thought about my relationship with Katie and if I were in her shoes and it was clear Katie was the choice. Katie had been the choice, but if I had left, she could have felt like she was choice by default, but she was the choice. And I never wanted her to feel like, well, Gabby left. So he had to choose me because no, he was always choosing Katie. The only reason I would have left is because I knew he was choosing Katie, but I didn't want her to watch, didn't want her to feel any doubt when he proposed to her and she watched it back. And I think that's true to some degree. I think if I was Gabby, I probably would have quit and not done this, but I think that's a good point. Like you don't want Katie or anyone to feel like their second choice. She also probably was holding out some hope to some degree. Producers probably were telling her not to quit, but I think that's interesting. Um, she also noted that there are still parts of her that need to heal when asked if she would have been the bachelorette, but she said, just because I'm healing, there aren't parts of me that you know, doesn't mean I don't, she said, but just because I'm healing and just because there are parts of me that I don't love and that I don't completely love yet doesn't mean I don't deserve love. So I think I could have done it, but I think it probably would have taken a toll on me emotionally. I think I probably needed more time to heal and figure this out. So I stand by thinking they maybe asked her and she didn't do it, but she does also want to take away from charity. She doesn't want to be like, yeah, they asked me and I said, no, I think Gabby, as we can see here, prioritized Katie, maybe prioritized charity. Time for Gabby to prioritize herself. Like, Team Gabby up in here, as you know. But Zach and Katie, you know, prop, seem so far so good. They made it through their New York press tour. They were asked a lot of questions. They've supported each other on Instagram. I would be surprised, honestly, a little bit surprised if there was a breakup announcement anytime soon. Do I think they're going to make it down the aisle in 2025? I don't know. If there was an option to bet on that on DraftKings the way I do on other sports, might not go with making it down the aisle. But what do I know? I hope they prove me wrong. This franchise needs a win um, based on everything we just talked about. So hopefully they they do. And I do think them living in the same city makes it totally easier. Neither of them are trying to move to LA. They both, I, I know, I think are going, Katie worked as a nurse throughout the show airing. So I would, would be surprised if she stopped all of a sudden. As you heard from my interview with Clayton, if you listen to that, the being the bachelor doesn't get you a full-time gig anymore like Clayton had to go back and get his real estate license and write a book and become a like a mental health advocate and these are some things he wanted to do but also like he didn't have the luxury of just posting ads like he him and he is a similar following to Zach like they can't just give it up and be the be an influencer anymore like you have to have a a salary a, a source of income so that could be also a strike for if they want the leads to if they want these couples to last it's not the same they can't just you know live off of ads anymore. So that's another point in their favor. Potentially, they're not moving to LA. They're not, you know, getting a spinoff show. They're not getting off or dancing with the stars as far as we know with Zach. Um, so we'll see. Now, charity season, the cameras are rolling. They're actually several weeks in. I think they started the travel portion and um, no spoilers up in here. The only thing I will say, if you don't want to hear anything, I guess turn this off now, but the only point was that I saw Rachel and Gabby filmed a date with Charity, hosted a date, and so did JoJo and Jordan. So interesting. We know JoJo and Jordan are very close with Chris Harrison, but also have kind of always stayed associated with the show to some degree. Very beloved couple in the franchise, a successful couple. Um, Rachel and Gabby are a very recent duo, so makes sense compared to maybe like the Tajwan that came out last week or last season with um, Zach and Victoria Fuller. That was kind of random. Um, but those two groups, Gabby and Rachel and JoJo and Jordan make a lot of sense. So that is my lengthy recap of Mike Fleiss. What you may have missed on Gabby, Zach, and Katie's press tour that you didn't get on this show. And a little tidbit about charity season. I will be back 
every week with more Bachelor news, Bachelor interviews. Please let me know what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. I will try to get them on the show. If there are any topics I can maybe explore. Oh, there was also that horrible news that came out about one of Katie Thurston's contestants. I hate to even drag her into it because it's not her fault, but it was her season. Um, Let me just get his name real quick. Um, because it's on him, not on her. Joshua Tyler Best, who was on Katie's season of The Bachelorette, season um, 17, has been um, charged with 15 counts, 15 felony counts of possession of child pornography in Florida. He has pleaded not guilty. That is obviously a horrific crime. Um, he, They allegedly found some very disturbing images and videos on his computer on a Google Google account associated with his name. Horrible. Um, We will find out if he is convicted. He has pleaded not guilty. 15 counts of child porn is quite a bit. And we will find out what happens with that case. Rough week for Bachelor Nation overall. But I hope you enjoyed my recap. It's not really... I'm not trying not to give too many opinions because these are like heavy topics. But overall, recapping what's in the news, what went down, and what's maybe to come for the Bachelor franchise. So come back next week for more. 